And we're here on the KN Podcast. Ken Brown from WGR Radio, Michael Hare, DetroitLions.com as we talk Lions football. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ken Brown. Game one over. Now, me and Michael had been discussing to do a podcast earlier in the week, but Michael's busy schedule, and we decided just to wait until <laughs> next week so we can do a Seattle preview plus a recap of the Kansas City game. This was a weird week because it was, you know, we started Thursday of this season. This was a rarity. So that's why we're going today. So, but the, 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 euphoria over the Kansas City Chief game is not left yet, so I think you'll be able to get something out of this podcast today. Oh, I think, you know what, it, 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 why not? Why shouldn't it? It's not like they just just won a game on a you know Sunday at 1, one o'clock kickoff or something. No, that was, what, 27 million people watching that game on television? Six million more than last year? That's a big deal. Yeah, I'll give you the good first. It was a big deal. It was a big win. And it was uh, it will propel this team this year, I believe, because I don't, I think they haven't won an opening game in what three or four years now, right? I mean, I know the last two were not opening wins. I can't remember right. before that, but uh, Patricia was here, so it didn't matter if it was opening win or not. So, but anyway, they haven't oh, yeah. won an opening game. This is the first time they've been one and zero in a while. So this was a big win, and it was probably your toughest game on the schedule. Probably, although that's. Let's not get into the asterisk, but they had a couple players missing. But so what? So I don't care. I don't that, care. That, that's pro football. I don't care. You know, five years ago, the Lions played a Monday night game against uh, the New York Jets. Uh, do you remember who was missing from that game? No. Me neither. That's my point. Nobody's going to care five years from now who was missing from the game. That's exactly the point I'm trying to make. Nobody cares five years from now who was there, who wasn't. All you look at is who won and who lost. That's all you care about. I don't know if it was that night, that year or the previous year. I remember that, though. Uh, Andre Diggs intercepts the first. That first was the game. the game. That was the game. But I'm saying nobody remembers who played in that game yeah. or didn't play. Just besides the people that scored or whatever, nobody knows. Right. So just it's a it's a victory. And like I said, that's the toughest game on the schedule, and I don't think that's going to change this year. Maybe the Dallas game, depending, but I don't even think the Dallas game will be a tougher game than that. Opening night, ring night against the champs on national TV. You're not going to get a tougher game. So you got that out the way and. In all truthfulness to me, I had that down for a loss earlier when the schedule first came out. I oh, thought I, that would be a loss, but you, now you're one up on what I thought. Originally, I had them. I had it as a two point win for Can, for Kansas City. Then I changed it to three points just because I thought statistically it matched up matched up that way. What I didn't realize, since I wasn't in Kansas City, I haven't traveled with the Lions for a while. What I didn't realize was how many people from Detroit were in Kansas City for that game. You're talking about some of the guys the beat guys and the columnists who covered the game in Kansas City. And they talked about just this sea of blue in downtown Kansas City. Uh, so you know what? They've got something going. They really yeah. do. Not and it's not it's not just what's happening on the field. Of course of course that's the catalyst for it, but it's how these people now have they seem to have, after all these years, adopted the Detroit Lions. Okay. Fine and Danny. Enough I'm gonna give my roses, my flowers to them enough. I just from this point on I want to bring everybody's feet back down to the ground and let's not get, let's not crown them yet, as uh, Denny Green would say. Let's go through what happened, you know, necessarily the game happened, but what tendencies I saw with things I saw that were concerning as well as things I saw that were better than I thought, and then we can move on to the Seattle game. Well, I just I'm don't not, want everybody not, ready for the playoff rush after one game. Is there something wrong with the fans having fun? Having fun is one thing, but, uh, you know, to, to get into the point now where, you know, 
we're going 17 and 0 and this is a Super Bowl team. That baby steps, baby there's been that that talk. Baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. No, you're the one brought it up because you want to you want to pontificate. I'm on only it. bringing it up cuz this is the way I've been hearing things. You know, Kim Brown puts his ear to the streets. And I you know, and I'll be hearing things. Conscious Brown. That's right. Put my ear to the streets, baby. So anyway, things I I was not happy with the way they played that game, even though they won. I thought the game could have been an easier game to win if they would have played better. I just thought that layoff of the starters was going to affect them in the first game, and it did to me. I, I thought they started slow. I thought they left plays out on the field. How, how, hold it. how did they start slow? First two drives. I thought they started the second slow. Second drive, they went, they went uh, that was after, But that was after out. the fake punt. I'm talking about the first two drives were three and outs, and then they got the fake punt, and then they did the 91-yard drive. But I thought whatever the long drive was, I just thought they started 91 slow. Yards, yeah, I thought they plays. started slow up they to that point. Though. Up to the well, they did start slow up to the point They're of the, the point. They started slow they up went, to the point of the fake um, punt. Can we know, agree on that? Slow and, no, they started slow until they didn't. Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying the first two series, three and out, three and out, then a fake punt, and then they started moving after that. Then they had a lull in the middle of the game too to me, and then they ended strong to me. I just thought that. That was the first game jitters, the first game, you know, guys playing a long time, the first time that um the first time that and you know and being at the first time in a big crowd, you know, a roar crowd against you. I just thought there was a lot of things that they played okay, but I thought they could have played much better. I don't think they played great. I don't think the uh I don't think that uh, Kansas City played great either, but you play to win the game. Yeah, never, never will look a gift victory in the mouth. I'm just saying that. And the last possession of the game, or not the last, but one of the last ones in the fourth quarter, they go 75 yards on nine plays, and just the last six just ran it right down their throat, scoring. You know, just knocked them off the line of scrimmage with that offensive line and scored the winning touchdown. That's what I said. They got better toward the end of the game, lulled in the middle. And I'm, we're probably saying the same thing. I'm just saying that, to me, that first game was always going to be a game, like a reintegration to your football team because you they hadn't played. They didn't play them. We talked about that in the earlier podcast about getting some time in during the preseason, and they didn't. But they got away with it because they won the game. So now – You've had your 60 or whatever snaps. I'm looking at the snap count here. You had your you know, 65 snaps on off on defense, and you had your 70 snaps on offense. So you you now have these guys playing. They're now, you know, accustomed to playing. We should, I should see the pickup this week, especially being a home game. I really expect their level of play to pick up. Well, let me ask you this. What did you think of Dan Campbell's comment after the game when somebody asked him, I don't know if he asked him if he was surprised or what. He says, no. It affirmed what I already knew. It was affirmation of what I already yeah, knew. I agree. It was a look. His program, him and Brad Holmes' program, is in place. Now you're fitting the, the final pieces into it, and then you're you're work, going to work. I don't think there was ever a doubt. The team is gritty. The team is tough. They never quit. That's just the way they play. That's just the way he's built that team over last year. The fine points of the game now are what they need to work on. The fine points of the game are going to make the difference between a nine-win season and a 12-win season or whatever. And that's what I think he's working toward. I'll tell you this one thing. They don't make mistakes. Even both teams um, Thursday night, not a lot of penalties. It was no, a penalty-free game. 
was it four each or three? And, it was. I know they didn't have a one until like or late into the first half. I think when the first penalty on right. either side. I mean, it was a it was a good a good game. Except for it should have been a penalty every play on the right on the right tackle. But we, but I'll let that go. We'll just we'll let the league deal with that because he's sitting in the back. He's playing H back as he's trying to play tackle. But you know. That could have been called yeah, every play. It could have been called every play. And you know what? I, I don't like this idea of the referees calling what they think they want to call. No, call the rules. Even if you don't call it, at least warn the guy and, you know, get up and say, I'm not, I'm going to call it. If you don't move up, you're, you're too far out. It looked like that was just accepting that as gospel. And I, I guarantee, I don't know if they had an official league put a memo out, but I guarantee some refs got talked to. Well, I'll, listen, I'll give him that. I think I probably told you this a few times. The late Monty Clark, head coach of the Detroit Lions, once explained that process where you send you know, the letter to the league and they reply, and what's the reply? You're right, we're wrong, screw you. Okay? <laughs> That's exactly what he, he, he used a little different word there. Right, yeah, I agree. You're right, we're wrong, right. screw you. Now, some things I was not happy with. Of course, I got to do it. I'm sorry. Well, you haven't been happy yet? What are you talking about? I was not happy with the amount of touches that uh, Gibbs got. I saw something special in that kid and the limited touches he got. I would like to see him get a little more as we move forward. Uh, You want to break him in slow, that's fine. But to me, especially until J-Mo gets back, he's your most explosive. Look at you. He's your most explosive player. Until J-Mo gets back, he's your most explosive We're player. For We're waiting for J-Mo. And as you saw, we need him because I don't think they went deep at all in that game, did they? If you count the one, the Reynolds deep, I don't count that as deep. I count that as mid, you know, middle pass. I don't think they went deep at all. And I don't think um, – I think they, they definitely missed that deep threat. Yeah, I, w- I would agree with you. And, and we'll see if he provides it. Now, he can't just be a guy who runs fast down the field. It doesn't get anything done. But we'll see. It's, it's, he's got some proving to do, I think. And, and if you're a Lions fan, you hope he proves it. Yeah. And like I said, to me, Absolutely. Yeah, sure. when he Why comes you back in, him? you put him in there and let him go. And then you, you'll know it. at the end of the year what you got. And then being in on some of his interviews and all that, he's a nice, likable kid. He really is. He's not some yahoo who's a troublemaker. He's polite. He answers questions. You know, he looks you in the eye and answers until the last you know, last question is done. So, But we'll see. I'm going to tell you this. This is Kim Brown's prediction. This six oh, games okay, off. Hold it. I'm sitting down. Yes, sit down. This six yeah. games off for the duration of his career will mean more to him than anything else that goes on because he's going to see how much he misses football and misses a team element and how exactly when he I comes back. Say, and yeah. I think that this will, in the long run, will be the best thing for him. That if he would have just came in and did what he was doing and just, you know, was, a, you know, getting with the team. Now, I think the missing of this game, for especially a winning team, if it's a losing team, maybe you can say uh, you won't miss it as much. But a winning team that you're not a part of, that you know you can help, or at least you think you can help contribute to, and you you just have to sit out for something stupid like that. I think I think he's going to come back strong. I, I believe in the kid. Well, also, and also, Kenny, I think this one, after three weeks, he can come back and practice with the team. But practicing with the team and not being able to play with the team, that'll also, you know, that'll also have an impact on him, I would think. Right. So, in other words, after, after the, uh, you know, Monday through Saturday, he's with the team on Sunday. He's in the stands watching. Which is the best part because um, a week from next Sunday or next Monday, he's back. You know? So we're the countdown is well. I'm is, just saying this is twelve the, days. The three yeah, weeks is going by fast. It'll be going by fast. Be, you know, after yeah. after a week from next Monday, he'll be back. 
Yeah, and then, like you said, they'll still practice and can't play, and that'll hurt them a lot too. I just think we're going to see the best of Jamie when we come back, but that's for another time. Back to my Gibbs story. You got to get this kid the ball. And I didn't see any plays. Maybe you saw them and I didn't. Did you see any plays with Montgomery and Gibbs in the uh, lineup at the same time? Uh, the, I, you know, in checking the, uh, in checking the uh, snap count, I think it, it adds up to more than 70. So, yeah, I think there, I think there were. Yeah, well, I'm really looking good. at the snap counts hold on, here. Hold on. Because, I got uh, it right well, here. Well, one guy, uh, Gibbs had 19. And Montgomery had 50. 55. Yeah, so, yeah, they had some overlap there, yeah. I would think. I mean, well, I don't know. You could, there's, no way you could, there's no way they could have those, that number of snaps and not have been on the field at the same time. That is true. Michael Hare, mathematician there. Right? That's right. Yeah, they had to be on. I didn't see those plays, though. I want to see how those plays went. I'm going to go back and go through the game then because I want to see when they were on the field at the same time, how they, oh. how they lined up. Uh, you know, Gibbs up the day line him out at receiver. So we'll. Find well, don't it. you don't don't you watch the game? Yeah, I don't watch every play. I, 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 some of you get some guys <laughs> put it like this. Some guys are film junkies and they go back through and they got their all twenty twos and whatever. I'm gonna I'm admit to what we're doing right now. I watch the game, I watch the plays, I watch replays of the major plays, but I, I'm not a guy that goes back through every play of the game and and makes notes or whatever. I I I I like to watch the games my way. So like I said, I didn't notice them out there, and I will go back and check it out. And see, because like you said, because of your math there, you're right. They did overlap, so we'll see. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Now, I think you'll, I think you'll see more of that too. But uh, and, and uh, Dan Campbell ex- explained that to some degree. I think it was in his Monday presser. No, I'm sorry, his Friday presser. But they wanted to get the feel of the pro game a little bit. Yeah, so I'm get, cool get with them it. Accommodated. I'm cool with it. But you can see well, when that ball is in it, his it, hands. Well, stuff then, happens. Montgomery's not doing poorly either. Okay. No, no. I'm like I, like I said. I want to see them both on the field. I think the both of them, especially where your receivers are now, because I was very disappointed in the receiving for that game. And it could have been Kansas City. It could have been open night. We'll see this this well, next okay. game. But I, I was Marvin Jones didn't impress me at all. And maybe it was just one of his bad games. But when you're 33 years old, you can you have to ask those questions. Well, I think if you want to talk about receivers, I think you have to include Sam Laporte. No, not include the tight end. I'm just talking about receivers. Well, but yeah, but he, but, but he was, he's, well, he's a receiver. He's not a wide receiver. He's, he's a, a tight receiver. end, though. I'm just talking about the wide receiver position. Ball. I understand. I'm not talking about passing. That's if you're talking about individual five, passing. Five, five, As a receiver, I'm talking well, wide receiver. The tight end part, I was fine. I was happy with, with Sam Laporte's play. I was happy with all the rookies' play that played. But yeah, uh, like absolutely. I said, yeah. I just want to see one of the receivers, especially until J-Mo gets back, one of the receivers step up. And it could be it could be um, Reynolds. Could be. I mean, Reynolds, to me, was impressive in the balls. He got, he got 80 yards. 80 and, yards on four catches. Yeah, yeah on four absolutely. catches. So. And, and, and big catches, too. They yeah. weren't just, you know, one batting practice. Montgomery, as a running back, was everything I thought he would be. And like I said, I – had I watched him over the years with the Bears, and I just never, never really looked at him until recently. But watching him run in this game, I like what I saw. And I think that's going to get better, too, because the offensive line, now that they've gotten used to working together again, as you see as the game got, you know, got older and older when it came to the fourth quarter and they started making bigger holes, Montgomery was getting some run. I mean, that last possession, Kenny, the last, I mean, the, the last scoring possession, I mean, nine, nine plays, 75 yards, and the winning touchdown, and, and – there were six running plays in that game. And look, that's domination. 
It yeah. really is. Yeah. It warmed up. The Super Bowl, you know, the what, Super Bowl champs twice in the last three years and ran them right out of the gym. Yeah, warmed up. Uh, Jared Goff. Jared Goff. Pedestrian game to me. Not bad. Not great. Good. Pedestrian. It was just pedestrian game. What do you mean? What did he do? Walk in? He was a pedestrian? Yeah, pedestrian game. I thought it was a, you know, a, a, he didn't make any mistakes, which is great. He, he got him in and out of the huddle, which is great. He did his job as a quarterback great, but nothing. Nothing, you know, nothing great happened that he did on his own, and I just that's fine. He's the, he was the bat, like um Parcells used to say, I don't need a star quarterback, I need a battlefield commander, and he was a battlefield commander in this game. Hold on a second, I'm looking at my old army stuff here that I got stashed <laughs> away. Okay, I don't quite. See yeah, if you're looking at your army stuff, it's no battlefield commander stuff in there. I guarantee it. Uh, you'd be wrong about that. Let's go. Oh, you were the commander. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I, I didn't no, know. So. I, was, I didn't know, but when they decommissioned that battleship, they named after you. <laughs> I was in the army. It wasn't a battleship. Well, you know. Uh, so uh, let's turn to the defense. The defense. Yeah. Um, very impressed with the defense. I thought the defense played well. I thought the defense is only going to get better. Now there was some surprises. Tracy Walker not getting a defensive snap surprised me. I was surprised, you know. I, I don't. I think there's a role for him. It just wasn't in that game. But I think he'll be. I think he'll be a player. I mean, just look. This is based on one game, okay? Based on the fact that he missed a whole season and coming back. Um, uh, I just think he'll be. I think he'll be a, a role player, and they'll they'll have a, like a game plan role for him. That's that, that's based on just my own opinion, not not on mm-hmm. any inside information or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I um I thought the defensive line is going to be a strength of this team because they're rolling guys in and out. Yep. I thought the linebackers played well, and that, that was one of the weak spots last year. I thought uh, Mr. Gardner Johnson is the yeah. is the emotional leader of that defense now, and I think all tone of that defense is going to be set through him from this from this point on. And Brian what, Branch what may he... be their better player by the end of the year. Well, what about Hutchinson? I'm talking about in the backfield, the defensive backfield. Brian Brass okay. may be the better player by the end of the Hutch is Hutch. Hutch is Hutch. Hutch is going to give you what he's got. He's a he's he, to me he's an ascending player. We'll see at the end of the year where he ranks. If he he's going to be a very good defensive end or is he going to be an elite defensive end? That's the only questions I got from him. Let me let me share a statistic with you that it's it's in a column I wrote today in DetroitLions.com. Remember last year his first game against uh, who they play in the opener. Uh, they played um, Philadelphia last Somebody. year in the opening. Philadelphia, that's right. And his entire across the board, he had one assisted tackle. His first game, his first pro game. That's what he had on his on a, that little chart that they do. You right. know, one assisted tackle. This year, in the second the second season in the National Football League, he had four solo tackles, one assisted tackle, and three quarterback hits. I think that tells you how, but. but Coaches have said all along that defensive end is one of the toughest positions to break in for a rookie because just because of the, the elevation and who you're going against compared to what you went against in college. I think that just showed you how much you can develop in a year, and he's certainly done that. Right. Not that he was bad last year. I'm not, no, he got better as the season went on. Yeah, but I, I think he's ready to really do some damage out there. I agree, and now plus to me, I I think the way this team is going to roll this year is going to be the second year players making their jumps 
that is going to help this team go where they're going. The rookies are going to give you what they got. They're going to be up and down because they're rookies or whatever. They're going to have good good they're spots, rookies, bad spots. But the second-year guys, like you said, him, um, Pascal, those guys right there, when you see the jump in those guys, you know, and that's where you're going to see the improvement in this team. I'm trying to think who those second-year guys were. But anyway, Pascal and him for sure, I remember. Those guys' improvement is really going to help that team, especially on the defensive line. And also, so you, know, you got some play out of Levi Onzeruke. Well, who's really a second-year guy. Really, now really, now he's a second-year guy. Right. He's He would have be a third-year guy, but he didn't play all last year, so he's a second-year guy now. And I think he's I think he's going to make some impact. I mean, is he going to play 60 snaps? I doubt it. I think he's going to play limited snaps to, to some degree. But good to have him out there. And, and he really, you could see that. He, he's he's a force out in that field. He really right, is. He played 22 snaps this game. So is that yeah, what it was? Yeah. yeah, 22 snaps. Yeah, Bobby Lane. Yeah, which is good. Now, all right. So, um, final impressions of Kansas City before we move on to the next. Any um, final impressions of the game? No, I mean I just thought it was a game that was there for the winning and for the losing, and the Lions won it. I mean it could, it could have gone both ways. I thought the Lions were the better team, uh, better team in the fourth quarter, and I I think that's. I think they showed us something with the way they played in the fourth quarter. All right. Let's move on. This week they played the Seattle Seahawks. Coming home. Opening the fourth. This is, to me, (laughs) the biggest game in Dan Campbell's uh, tenure. And I know uh, you might think this is hyperbole. Listen to why I'm saying it. It's not hyperbole. It's just wrong. Listen to why I'm saying it. You've established your program. You've established winning. You won a big game, which was the biggest game up to this game last week. You cannot come lay an egg the week after. You cannot do it. If this game turns out and they dominate and play a great game this game and win, this sets up the whole rest of the season. That's why I'm saying this is the biggest game up to now of his career, even though last week was the biggest up to that point. Now today, this game Sunday is the biggest game. Well, I said before the start of the season, Kenny, that the Seattle game would be tougher than the uh, Kansas City game, just for a lot of reasons. The way they played Sunday, I'm not so sure that I'm right, and that could be they could and it couldn't be. And I, just that they got absolutely manhandled by a Rams team that a lot of people were picking for last place at the NFC West. So, you know, it's, you know, and just and manhandled really were just just absolutely just torn the tore them up. So I'm not. I think I think. I thought that before. I don't know if I still believe it. Well, they Seattle is they owe Seattle. I'm going to give you. You know they played Seattle the last two years, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Two years ago, 2021, Seattle put up 51 on them, 51-29. Rashad yeah. Penny had 265 yards. No, as a team, they had 265 yards rushing. Rashad Penny had yeah. 170. Last year. Seattle put up 48 on them, like a 48-45 game. They had 235 yards rushing. Penny had 151. Now, we won't be seeing Penny yeah. this year, thank goodness. But they yeah. they owe Seattle, and they can't let Seattle come and run the ball down the throat of this team. And that's going to be, to me, the tail of the game. Well, and, you know, and t- doing the interview, part of the interview yesterday with, with, uh, with uh, Jared Goff, he sees this as a revenge game. He really, he came right out and said that, you know, and it, and that's good. I, I like that attitude. I like that. I exactly. like that feeling. Exactly. So that's what I want to see happen. I want to see him stop that run, and I want to see the offense start to put points on the board. Because remember, they only scored fourteen last week. Only fourteen. One was a defensive touchdown. Lions scored fourteen points, and I think 
that's that's not even a minimum for that offense, the talent on that offense. They should be scoring at least 20, between 25 and 28 points. That's a minimum that team should score every game. Well, people have had a one-season look now at the Detroit Lions offense, and I think I think that poses some problems for them too. So we'll see. you got to answer back. Yeah, I wasn't really, really impressed with Ben Johnson, that play calling in that game. I didn't say it was bad, but I wasn't, you know, this is all the great guru and he should be the coach and blah, blah, blah that you hear all over the years. And, oh, my God, we can't let him get away whatever. Okay, like you said, everybody's got the tape now. So, And I'm not dogging him. I, I thought he it was no. an okay call of the game. But I just want to see, okay, it's time to you – know, all the talking's got to stop now. It's time to start putting it in. I wasn't really impressed. There's a couple of series in there that I'm – they were running the ball fine, and then they had to go pass, and um, uh, he's getting the ball knocked down a lot when they could be running the ball. Remember, the first play of the game was a nine-yard run of Montgomery. I thought, okay, they're just going to run the ball, which they could add. I just thought they got away from it. Well, it's yeah, you know, I, I think the play, call, the play caller is never going to win on that one because it's always going to be the other, you know. Mm-hmm. If you ran, you should have passed. If you passed, you should have ran. I didn't really have any, any fault with the play calling, but, but – Look at all it worked out in the end. All right. So certainly that certainly that last possession, once again, nine plays, seventy five yards, touchdown, was really that was that was masterly. All right. All right, well we got the keys to this week. Uh, Seattle, uh what's gonna be the key to victory and then give me your prediction. Well I, to me it, it's you know, just just play your game. Just play play football. I think probably said I'll probably say this for every game. But just just play your game. I think the I, I if you look at the way the that uh, the Seahawks got manhandled last week by the by the uh, Rams, I don't think that makes it any easier game for the Detroit Lions. Because look, all these games, every week it's a different game. But I like the Lions in this game. I like them. To, I like them to win decisively, thirty seventeen. All right, I'm going to say uh, I'm, I like a, it's going to be a thirty eight twenty one game. The Lions are going to win. I just think this is going to be one of those games we all talk about. There'll be some defensive scores. There's going to be some offensive scores. And I just think that this is going to set the tone from, from, this, from this team, this point. I think you're going to see, you're going to see a show. It's going to be a big crowd. It's going to be loud. It's going to be well, raunchous. Yeah, what, yeah, what do you think about the crowd? I mean, is this, is this going to be the this wildest be the crowd ever? Except for, ever that, except for maybe that Monday night game where they played the Bears where uh, Javid Best made that run, which I thought was yep. the loudest crowd up to this point. That play was the loudest play in forward field history to me. After that, right after that play. So if you get that Monday night crowd like that, you know what crowd could have been like that, but they just stunk, was that Jets game, that Monday night game with the Jets after Quandre Diggs caught that interception. I mean, returned that interception. It was loud, but then it just silenced because they were so bad defensively the rest of the game. But the Chicago game was the loudest it's been up to now, and I think this crowd is going to beat that crowd. And that's only going to last a few weeks because I think – the Monday night game with the Raiders. Don't ask me why it's going to be the loudest crowd of the year. No, I well we'll, we'll see, but I, I I agree with you. In fact, remember that that crowd against the, when they were playing the playing the Bears. They had eleven false starts on defense yeah. on offense. Yeah, eleven yeah. false starts. So don't tell me it doesn't make a difference. No, it doesn't. 
we're not talking about pepping up the, the team or anything like that. We're talking about the actual impact mm-hmm. on the outcome of the game. That's right. And, and C.J. Gardner-Johnson wants you to bring a blues ski mask to the game. If you're brave enough to do it, I'm, I'm all with you. Just make sure you don't wear it into the stadium. Put it in your pocket because you don't want to get, you don't want to get walked out. But uh, C.J. That'd be something if the team couldn't play because <laughs> <laughs> CJ, yeah, we nice got to talk try. to we got to talk to CJ. Yeah. CJ, it's Detroit, man. We just a couple CJ, things you is, can't do. A couple things you just no, can't do. This is Detroit, right? Not Detroit. It's All right. Detroit. All right, Mike. That's gonna be it for this week. Uh, until next week, hopefully the two and zero Lions will be talking about them. If not, we talking about the one and one Lions, which is still where I had them going into this uh, game anyway. But I think they're gonna do a two zero start, and then the, 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 oh. then the, the breaks are gonna be off then. No, I agree with you. I really do. All right, this is Michael Hare from DetroitLions.com, Kim Brown from WGI Radio. Listen to us next week on the KM Podcast. See ya.